gonna switch it up for y'all a little bit. You know why? It's hurricane season. The new Miami. The new Miami. The new Miami. Welcome back to the Wide Ride Podcast. I'm Manny Navarro, Miami Hurricanes beat writer for The Athletic. We are previewing the game against Louisville Saturday. College game day is going to be there. 7.30 kickoff, 17th-ranked Louisville, 18th-ranked Miami. Of course, we know that both the Canes and Cardinals probably would not be ranked if the Big Ten was playing football right now. Uh, it would probably be borderline uh, to be in the top 25 uh, poll, Mike Zimmerman. Um, but nevertheless, college game day is going to be there. Uh, it's the biggest game of the weekend, and... Uh, you know, right now the Cardinals are favored by a point and a half to win the game. A lot of things happening, though, on the Coral Gables campus in terms of the Hurricanes and some roster moves and, and whatnot. Um, you know, one change to the depth chart as far as the, the starter on the offensive line. Mike, uh, what are your biggest questions heading into this week or what's kind of on your mind? Well, a few things that I kind of wanted to ask you was an injury update on Cam Harris. We saw him leave the game against UAB. It looked pretty bad but he got up um and and was able to walk off the field on his own um so i just wanted to check his status uh see if he's going to be healthy and then we had some news um i mean the secondary was already weak and we had some news uh this past week christian williams uh leaving the team so how does that affect uh the secondary as well i guess those are the two main things i'd like to hear from you Sure. Well, right off the bat, I mean, uh, Cam Harris, I asked Manny Diaz on Monday during the Zoom conference uh, how he was doing. He said he practiced over the weekend. Miami, of course, played last uh, Thursday, so they have a couple extra days to prepare here for Louisville. And so they they practiced over the weekend. Cam was out there. Um, He says that he's fine. Didn't mention him on the injury report. Again, we know how coaches are. Sometimes they fib a little bit, right? But I'm going to trust Manny here and, and believe that, that Cam's out there and really going to play. Cam, by the way, after the game said he was fine, that he'd be okay. You know, it could have been just like sort of a bruised shin type deal. I know he got hit low uh, with a helmet on his leg, and that's why he was kind of in, in some pain. And, and those type of things happen. Um, as far as the, the transfer of Christian Williams, um, yes, I mean, obviously it hurts the depth. Uh, Christian was the fourth cornerback for Miami. I don't know the story behind his decision to leave. Uh, there's always rumors out there of, you know, players not getting along with coaches, but it's all speculation. And, and uh, you know, it hurts Miami. He was a four-star kid, former Alabama commitment, played eight snaps against UAB. Don't know what happened from Monday to Tuesday. I can tell you Miami had him listed on the depth chart, second behind DJ Ivy uh, at one of their cornerback spots. So they thought of him in good regard for, you know, as far as going into Monday um they had him on the depth chart it wasn't like he was he had already told them hey i'm out of here so i think it all sort of developed late uh in the week and so now you know you're left with five scholarship cornerbacks two freshmen marcus clark isaiah dunson those are the guys providing depth if anything happens to al blake jr dj ivy or to Corey couch one thing i'll say <clears throat> you know blake baker wasn't happy with the cornerback play he called it average um while it hurts to lose your fourth cornerback and you, you, you're scared about having to play two freshmen. Uh, I think Miami staff feels good that they can put three safeties on the field as well. You remember you got Bubba Bolden who was playing a whole lot. You, you've got uh, uh, Gervin Hall and Amari Carter. I mean, ultimately 
you want to keep some of those guys fresh, and you're going to have to have a fourth corner out there. But I could see a situation, and, and you know Baker talked about this before the season started, that they felt comfortable putting all three safeties out there, that those guys are good enough where they can be counted on in coverage. You also got Gilbert Frierson, uh, who's a striker, who's played safety before. Uh, you know, you can rotate him out to safety and move one of the other safeties to corner if you need to. <clears throat> uh, but you're right. I mean, any injuries to this uh, to this group, you're a little worried. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's been a known thing that the cornerback position has been thin, and that just that's just a big blow. Um, you know, one one thing before we kind of preview the the Louisville game is kind of the wide receiver position. We didn't see a lot from them against UAB. Um, I guess we had some high expectations, maybe not high, but we had more expectations going into the season, uh, going into that UAB game than what we saw. And I know you had mentioned uh, on the UAB preview pod that there will be some kinks that need to be worked out. And I I think we saw that, but are are you a little worried that guys like D Wiggins, Mike Harley, uh, Pope really haven't, didn't, didn't show us much against UAB? And are you worried well, I mean, I think it's a concern. It's it's certainly a storyline to watch and follow. <clears throat> you know, going into the year, I think we all felt like offensive line and wide receiver were two areas where they had to really prove themselves. And <clears throat> you look at the offensive line, they played well enough where I think you have some confidence, at least in the starting unit, that, hey, they're not bad. Plus, you got De'Ara King back there who you can see his escapability, uh, how fast he is. I think wide receiver remains sort of a question going into week two because – you didn't see enough from them. You know, uh, D. Wiggins had a heck of a, of a catch down the sideline where he was able to kind of drag his foot. He showed you his ability. Mike Harley has been sort of Mr. Consistent in this offense since last year. He was one of the top rece- returning receivers, but he's more of a possession guy than he's a breakaway guy. Uh, I know De'Ara King tried to throw him a deep ball against UAB, and they weren't able to connect. But you're right. I mean, I think that's sort of the big question mark going forward, where, where you still are sort of like, eh, I don't know. Are these guys legit? And you didn't see a lot of freshmen out there in terms of true freshmen. Um, They didn't play much at all in this game other than special teams. Um, You did have, uh, you know, one wide receiver, uh, Michael Redding, who who I think played 12 snaps, was out in in, in pass uh, situations. But beyond that, it really wasn't – you didn't see Xavier Restrepo. You didn't see um, any of the guys that they were hyping up in the preseason, Keyshawn Smith, the Zaylin Worsham, all of those guys – didn't really get involved at all. And so, look, Rhett Lashley said this week it's, it remains a work in progress. He expects the timing uh, to get better, and eventually you're going to see some of those freshmen get out there. But I think for right now they want to see uh, the main guys, the guys that came back that are returning experienced players, have a better week. Uh, Mark Pope, I think, was only targeted once. Um, so, you know, you kind of have to set up some situations where he's the guy going deep and getting open. Uh, down the field it'll be it'll be interesting this Louisville defense they torched them last year um, you know Jaron Williams threw an ACC record six touchdown passes against them um, so and, and and those guys I'm sure want to have a little bit of revenge against Miami you know so uh, it'll it'll be an interesting uh, matchup this week and, and we're actually going to speak to uh, Cameron Teague Robinson who covers uh, the Cardinals here in a minute um, to preview the game but to answer your question, Mike Zimmerman, no doubt, receivers the biggest question going into week two on the offensive side of the football. Thanks for listening to Wide Right. We'll get back to more of it after this break. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, another question that I had was at the end of the first half against UAB, right? Miami was was set up in borderline field goal range. Uh, it would have been about a 57-yard field goal attempt with two or three seconds left. Why didn't Manny Diaz decide to just attempt the field goal? They they decided to, you know, just, I, I guess, go hail, try for the Hail Mary, but De'Ara King kind of scrambled and, and, and almost got there, to be fair. But, it, I mean, it w- wouldn't you have thought the field goal attempt would have been the safer um, decision considering that considering Borgales can hit those. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody was sort of expecting that you're up 14 to seven. You you can go up 10. Why not try the kick at that point? But I guess Manny Diaz said, look, he's got confidence in Borgales to make that kick. But at 14, seven, he felt the risk of a long field goal with a potential block and a return uh, was just not something he wanted to do. He didn't want to risk it. So um, I think ultimately it was an interesting decision. It was kind of telling also. Um, as much as you, you you like Derek King and his ability to throw the deep ball there, I think the fact Manny was apprehensive to bring out um, you know his field goal unit in fear of it getting blocked maybe speaks more to his, his fear of his offensive line or his special teams unit maybe still not being where they need to be. Remember, as, as good as the offensive line played in this game, um, you didn't see a whole lot of, you know, of the younger guys play in that game. And I think, you know, those are the guys that you usually see in on special teams for field goals, etc. Uh, you know, you still have some of the offensive linemen, regular starters out, but you bring in a few extra guys to line up and, and obviously protect for the kick. And I'm wondering how much confidence Manny has in those guys to get the job done the right way. I wonder if there's sort of this feeling of, hey, uh, I don't I don't have too much confidence in those guys. And, and that goes back to you know, losing two offensive linemen who decided to opt out the, the season and Kyle Leon Herbert uh, and Zelante Hillary. Both of those guys were on the special teams unit last year, were in on kicks, uh, on field goals, etc. So maybe it's just you, you don't feel that confidence in some of the younger linemen yet to go out there and attempt a kick like that because the kicker does have to have a lower trajectory to make a, a you know, 57 yarder. Um, and, and so, you know, you need sort of excellent uh, blocking on, on a kick like that. All right, well, Mike, we're done with your questions. We're going to move on now uh, to, to Cameron uh, Robinson-Teague, who uh, is nice enough to join us to talk about uh, Saturday's game. So before we get to Cameron Teague Robinson, let's uh, listen to this advertising about Liquid IV. Hi, I'm Andy Staples with The Athletic. No matter what fitness fads you follow, one thing is true across every one of them. You have to get hydrated and stay hydrated. The best way to do that is Liquid IV. It is the most efficient way to get and stay hydrated because each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. Why is that? It's the optimal ratio of glucose, sodium, and potassium delivered into your bloodstream. I live in a place where it is scorching hot, very humid, lose a lot of water when I go out running. I drink a liquid IV beforehand. I drink a liquid IV when I get back. It feels great. Partial to the acai berry before lemon lime on the way back. I'm not sure exactly why it works out that way, but those are my favorites. Also, 
if you've celebrated a little bit. It doesn't have to be a workout thing. Maybe I had a neighbor who was testing out smoked old fashions, and maybe I had a few. Maybe I had one too many. When I got home, I drank a liquid IV right before bed. I felt fantastic in the morning. So how do you get yourself some liquid IV? You go to liquidiv.com and you use the code ATHLETIC at checkout and you get 25% off anything you order. That is 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. So get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. All right, so now we're going to reach out to Cameron Teague Robinson who covers Louisville football for the Louisville Courier-Journal. Cam, thanks for jumping on with us and uh, previewing Saturday's game. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. Hey, man. So Louisville starts the season 1-0. Looked like an impressive win to me. I mean, Western Kentucky's traditionally been a pretty good team, 35-21. Miami, of course, opens up with a win. When you look at this game, what's the first thing that jumps out to you? Uh, I mean, for me, it's Mikhail Cunningham versus Derek King. I mean, I think you have two of the best quarterbacks in the ACC, two very dynamic quarterbacks who can – beat you with the, their arm or their legs. Um, I mean, I, I'm really excited to see both of them play. Um, I think for Louisville, it's I, you got to find a way to slow down Derrick King. I'm not sure how you do that. It's a lot easier for me to say it on here than it is to do it in real life. But um, <laughs> I, I think I think that's where it starts for them. Yeah, I think, you know, you look back at last year's game in South Florida, and remember, this game wasn't even supposed to take place this year. Uh, Miami and Louisville yeah. weren't supposed to be playing each other. But when you look at last year's game, um, Miami took it to Louisville pretty well uh, in, in at Hard Rock Stadium, 52-27. And, you know, Jaron Williams set a, a record for touchdown passes. All I remember is guys just tearing up this Louisville secondary. I want to start with Louisville's defense because Manny Diaz said, you know, he feels like they're vastly improved, especially because they finally have some, I guess, some consistency uh, at the defensive coordinator spot. Can you talk about the ways Louisville's defense has gotten better in your eyes? Yeah, yeah. I think number one, like uh, Manny said, is they finally have a defense coordinator back for the second straight year for the first time in five years. I mean, literally nobody on this defense has had a defensive coordinator more than one defensive coordinator for more than one year. I mean, they, they've been brand new every year. Um, so that's big for them. Um, they've added some depth in the secondary. Um, Liberty transfer, they got late. Um, Kytrell Clark is a big, big, big addition for them. Because now they have four legitimate corners with legitimate college experience. Um, and I know that Brian Brown, the defense corner, loves that. Um, Linebacking core is, is big for them. Um, they bring back everybody pretty much. Rajay Burns, everybody that played in that Miami game is back. Dorian Etheridge, Lonnie Montgomery, C.J. Avery, um, you see Abdullah. I mean, Nick will keep that. Like, they're just loaded there. Um, and they were very impressive Saturday. That was their biggest strength. Um, so I think they're, they're, they're better in, in terms of experience. Those guys really know the defense a little bit more, and I think they're a little deeper than they were last year. I mean, I, I mean, like you said, those corners were getting toasted by Miami. I remember at one point, whoever – I don't remember who scored the big touchdown, but I just remember Marlon character turning around trying to figure out where the safety was because no one knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they gave up a lot of big plays last year, and their, their plus on Saturday was that they didn't do that. Um, so I, I just think they know where each other are going to be a little bit better now than they than they did last year. Yeah, it was D. Wiggins, um, who, who I think had the big touchdown catch down the middle of the field. Um, yeah, Miami's receivers just had a field day. Of course, Jaron Williams isn't around anymore, and you got a different quarterback. Right. And Derek King, who had a little bit of trouble connecting uh, with the deep ball in the opener. Um, but obviously, it's just lightning quick. Um, I'm curious with Louisville's defense. I mean, obviously, you know, this, this – option fast-paced tempo offense it's not like other teams don't run it in college football but 
What have they been talking about as far as, you know, Miami's offense and how different it looks? You know, what have they sort of been talking about this week over in Louisville about that? Yes. So the defense coordinator, Brian Brown, will speak today. Um, but Scott Sadovitz spoke Monday and was saying that it's, it's, it's a completely different team than it was last year um, because of the Eric King. Um, he's just – he's so dynamic that Miami can run legitimate QB runs for him. Um, and then even when they don't, he can the play can break down and he can find find space to make a play. Um, that just it puts your defenses in a bind. Louisville struggled with containing running quarterbacks last year. Um, they contained Tyler Pick Rome a little uh, decently on Saturday, but he's not Derek King in any sense of the world. The word so um, it'll, it'll be tough. I, I think they're going to really lean on their linebackers, their experienced linebackers, to kind of keep Derek in, in check on on Saturday. Of course, you mentioned Mikhail Cunningham and the offense. I did a big sort of breakdown for the athletic, uh, just looking at Louisville's offense. You cover them every single day. Um, you know, the one thing <clears throat> about Cunningham last year, you go back to that first half, he made a pretty bad mistake throwing a pick in the end zone. I thought that really, you know, helped Miami open the door. Um, he only threw five interceptions, I think, all of last year. Did he throw one this past weekend against Western Kentucky? Yeah, it was like triple tipped by three Western defensive yeah. backs. It was, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, how is he – I mean, I know it's only one game, uh, but what did you see from him that makes you think that he's getting better as a quarterback? Yeah, he's just more confident. I think he's a little more calm in the pocket. Um, and I think you notice it when, like, I think times last year he would run – just because he would get antsy, like he didn't really need to need to be. Mm-hmm. Yet on Saturday, he didn't really run that much. He ran for a touchdown because the pocket completely collapsed on him and he had to get out. But unless it was a, a an option or a QB rollout, he stayed in the pocket and delivered the ball, um, which is a good sign for Louisville. I mean, even – I mean, he had a 70-yard pass when he was throwing out of the end zone, standing in the pocket. That's not something he would have done last year. Yeah. Um, he would have tried to run and scramble. So um, he's gotten a lot better. Um he, he had a few balls sail on him. He probably should have thrown another pick that Patrick bailed him out on. That ended up being a touchdown. Um, but he, uh, he he looks a lot more confident and calm in the pocket this year. Of course, uh, Javion Hawkins is back. The, that powerful running game that, that I thought was really the <clears throat> the bread and butter, you know, that outside zone. Any wrinkles from Satterfield with it, you know, as far as what he's doing differently? Or did it look pretty much, you know, like last year's offense in terms of run, the way they ran the ball? Yeah, it looked like last year's offense. They they added some four wide receiver sets because I think they're a little deeper receiver this year than they were last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Braden Smith is a guy who's a JUCO transfer who did like 110 receiving yards in his first game, which is a big big deal for him, um, which allows them to now branch out and they can use Tutu Atwell in different ways and they can use Destin Patrick in different ways. Um, but the, in terms of the run game, I think it looked pretty similar. They're gonna bank. They're gonna pound the offensive zone go inside um they're just going to try to get try to find the little holes and it doesn't t- take much to david hawkins and Asan hall um mm-hmm. to break something so um that that's that's kind of what they're going to do they, they they struggled early because the offensive line was kind of getting getting catching its footing um but once they got going towards that second quarter they they played pretty well yeah and you mentioned tutu Atwell, who, who burned miami on an 80 yard uh touchdown uh catch and run where it was kind of running you know over the middle and the defense got confused in coverage I mean, they, they ran all kinds of plays for him last year. So Miami knows too, too well. He's obviously from their backyard at Miami Northwestern. Has he had a, has he spoken to you guys at all um, this week? And I guess I, I got to imagine, you know, this Louisville team in general is looking for payback going into this game after what happened last year. Yeah, we haven't talked to Tutu. 
Um, but I mean, Tutu's Tutu. <laughs> he's just, <laughs> he's speed, man. Just so much. And uh, against Western, it was anytime Louisville needed a first down on a third down throw, it was Tutu. And he was just always open. Um, whether it was a, a sweep or an out route or a slant or a crosser, he was just always open somewhere, uh, which kept my, I was mind boggling that they just left an all American just sitting there all the time. Um, but <laughs> in, in terms of Louisville, I, I think it's less revenge against Miami and less redemption for the way they played. Mm-hmm. They know that was probably their worst game last season. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just did. I mean, Satterfield even mentions on Monday that he doesn't even like thinking about it sometimes. Um, I, I think they, they want redemption and I think, they got a chance with it in a top 20 matchup, Kyle's game day. Um, they're looking forward to a chance to, to put that one behind them from last year. It was a bad day for Louisville on a lot of fronts. <clears throat> That's the day, that, of course, that, that Becton got hurt, their first-round pick yeah. at left tackle. and you, you had Adonis Boone kind of have to be thrown into the fire there at left tackle. And, um, you know, Miami, I thought, had a pretty good day creating pressure uh, on Cunningham and, and creating negative plays, even even though they gave up you know, close to 500 yards of offense, uh, I thought, you know, they were disruptive. I look at the offensive line for Louisville now. You got a redshirt freshman in, in Renato Brown who was a Miami commitment at one point. Louisville had a really good day running the ball to the right side of the offensive line behind Brown against Western Kentucky, but there were some mistakes on the left side. How, what do you what do you think of this offensive line that they've got? Miami's obviously got two really good defensive ends in Quincy Roche and Jalen Phillips that everybody here is excited about. How do you foresee that matchup? Yeah, it, I think a lot of the mistakes that came from the left side also probably had to do had to do with D'Angelo Malone from Western Kentucky, mm-hmm. who is a legitimate NFL defensive end. I think. I mean, he was just dominant for much of that game. Um, very disruptive in the, in the run game. Got after Mikael Cunningham in the pass game. It's not going to get any easier, like you said, with with Miami's ends. Um, but I, I think they did get better as the day went on. Like you said, I thought Renato played really well on the right side. Mm-hmm. Um, that was they built really, really well there. Um, I think, but they're also going to add in um, Cameron DeGeorge, who's a UConn transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll play. Uh, he played both guard positions on Saturday and tackle. Um, so he'll play a lot as well. So they have a little bit of depth. Um, but I think it helps when you play such a talented player in D'Angelo Malone when you have to back it up again and play another talented player in whether, whether it's Quincy or um, any of the other defensive linemen from Miami. So what's your prediction? we got to get a score prediction from you before we let you go, man. Um, I know you're probably going to save it for, for print at yeah. some point. We, we, won't, we won't tell people that there's a prediction on my, on my podcast if that's the, the safe way to do it. <laughs> do you have one? Is there, is there anything you could, you could share? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had one. So I, before, like the week, week of the season, I did um, – but I did game by game predictions and I picked Miami to beat Louisville and I will stick with that for now. I think, I think it I think I had it third and I know Miami didn't give up 30 points a lot last year, but this is just me thinking of my Louisville's offense improved. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 34 30. Um, just cause I, I have to see Louisville contain De'Aaron King before I can believe that they can contain De'Aaron King. I just, I don't, I they struggled containing running quarterbacks last year and I just don't know how they do that. And I also think of, how do you stop the combination of De'Eric and Brevin Jordan? Um, because if you if you if you load the box and stop the run game, it's going to be tough to contain De'Eric Brevin Jordan as well. Um, so I got to see that before I can commit to it. But I I pick Miami to to win. I, but I think it's going to be close, and I think there will be a lot of points on the board. I agree with you. I, I'm going to go 34-31 uh, Miami. I think 
you know, this this running game, it's different, a lot more speed than, than what they faced last week with UAB. And I think ultimately the fact that Miami has a kicker, finally, which they didn't even have last year, cost them so much. Yeah. Jose Borgales, I think he's going to come up huge. I think Miami wins this game uh, with Jose Borgales' leg, but it's going to be a great game. I'm anticipating. What's the spread? One and a half still, Louisville? Is that yeah. is that what it is? Yeah, one and a half or two. Yeah, I think, I, think, uh, I think we're in for a good football game on Saturday. And, you know, I do see Louisville having trouble stopping Derek King. I think without – the Eric King, I'm not sure Miami wins last week versus UAB. And I think certainly this week he's going to prove his his value once again uh, for this Miami offense. Cameron, you yeah, were great, yeah, man. Right. I appreciate you coming on and, and doing this with me. Yeah, not a problem. Appreciate you guys having me for sure. All right, man. Take care. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode of Wide Right. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Manny underscore Navarro. Also, be sure to sign up for The Athletic. It's only a dollar a month right now if you're a new subscriber. I mean, that's a great perk. We've also launched a whole new system uh, in terms of uh, sort of our own little Twitter network. You know, if you if you get in there, we have sort of this rapid news network where we share stuff and insights. Uh, so make sure you sign up. There's a lot of great college football coverage. The Big Ten just announced today that they're coming back next month. So, I mean, this football season is getting more interesting by the minute. We've got great national writers. We're going to be covering it all. So make sure you sign up for TheAthletic.com.